now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Howdy, hey, it's Randall K. coming to you live from Spectacular Spring Hill for this edition of Bible News Radio. I am not your sweet and lovable host. I am your, well, normally your co-host, but I'm the host for this evening and um, getting ready to do some Bible study with you all. Thanks for joining me and um, trying to look at what's going on here in the neighborhood Alright, looks like everything's up and running, that's cool. And I'm going to view the broadcast for Periscope so I can watch for the comments that may or may not show up. do seem to um, be flaky these days. Anyway, hope you're having a great weekend. Hopefully you had a chance to sometime over the weekend. Maybe it's during the week if you work on the weekends. Uh, at least uh, one day in seven had a day of rest and a time of fellowship with like-minded believers. Um, for me, those are different days. I um, use Saturday as my Sabbath day, my one day in seven. Uh, refrain from my usual line of work from Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. And then Sunday, of course... Uh, belonging to a Protestant church, uh, the first day of the week, Sunday, is when the congregation meets as a congregation. So, anyway, that one's for free. Uh, so I encourage you, you know, to take one day in out of every seven uh, to to rest, uh, to cease from uh, your normal work, and uh, not because uh, you know it's it's. It's the you know fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, but as the Lord said, Yeshua, Yehoshua, Jesus, you know the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So um, the, the Sabbath was made for us, was made for our well-being, our rest. So that's something we want to take advantage of, and of course, uh, meeting with fellow believers. Um, that's. Um, good for our spiritual health as well. Uh, it's essential for our spiritual growth, I would say, uh, based upon so many scriptures. But of course, uh, the quintessential passage is in, is in Hebrews chapter 10. I can't remember if it's verse 24 or 25, but uh, the idea is not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, uh, you know, but encouraging one another to love and good works. And uh, so much more as we see the day approaching, the day being uh, that final day, the close of this age, the close of the uh, messianic age, the church age, in which um, um, we shall stand before the Lord. It will be the end of our natural life, whether that comes by death or by rapture. Um Natasha, Proverbs 31. 
Hey, good to see you. I saw that comment on Periscope. Apparently that's working. Um, Facebook, uh, YouTube, a couple people watching out on YouTube, but not uh, seeing anything. Hey, if you're out there, just um, type something in chat so I know that you're out there. Uh, what we're going to do this evening is uh, look at one of my favorite passages. It's uh, well, it's going to look at Second Chronicles chapter 18, the parallel passages in First Kings chapter 18, and um, a super heart from Natasha. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Very sweet. That's nice. And. Um, the, um, anyway, so this is a, the patches full of lot, full of many lessons, uh, and anyway, eager to get into it, um, and we'll cover some of the background as we go. I'll try not to get off on too many tangents of history as we uh, read the scripture there are many to get a full understanding of what's going on but i'll try to keep that in check as we go so this would be um uh, probably a good time for the praise band to come up and <laughs> worship band and <laughs> lead some songs and we'll do some announcements and no um just me just got me me it's me and all y'all that's it tonight i could sing a song or something like that but um, just because I can doesn't mean that I should. Uh, maybe I should have set that up. Maybe set up, you know, the uh, some song lyrics and stuff. So maybe maybe won't we won't go a full hour. So maybe that's it. Since usually I allocate um, half hour uh, to the Sunday in the scriptures lesson, uh, then you know maybe we'll get out of here early, people. Oh, play your favorite worship song, Natasha says. I don't know what my favorite one is. Um, ah, it's okay. I'd have to... I'm I'm barely keeping it together, multitasking as it is, you know, uh, with several windows open and trying to engage all at the same time. Throwing in a, throwing in a song in there also would just... Yeah, I'd probably just... It all crumble. So, all right, let's pray and then let's get into the word. How's that? Father God, you are an awesome God, worthy of all glory, all honor and blessing, power and praise. You are the king of the universe, maker of heaven and earth, who has demonstrated your love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, uh, Messiah Christ died for us. Lord, that we might have eternal life in him. We thank you for the preservation of your holy word, preserved throughout the centuries, even millennia, uh, for our instruction, equipping, uh, for every good work. We pray that you would use this time to conform us into the image of your own dear son, Yeshua in whose worthy name we pray. All right, so there's my scripture, there's that. All right, and so I'm reading from the Second Chronicles passage. There's a parallel passage in First Kings, 
22. This is Second Chronicles 18 and First Kings 22. You'll find similar passage. So let's read it and then we'll break it down. All right, reading from the scriptures, uh, 2009 version from the uh, Institute of Scripture Research or something like that. Anyway, Second Chronicles or Debrehayanim Beit, um, chapter 18. And Jehoshaphat had great riches and esteem, and delight himself with Ahav by marriage. And some years later he went down to visit Ahab in Shomeron. And Ahab slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him, and incited him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilad. And Ahab, sovereign of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, sovereign of Yehuda, Do you go with me against Ramoth Gilad? And he answered him, I am as you are, and my people is your people, even with you in battle. And Jehoshaphat said to the sovereign of Israel, Please inquire for the word of Adonai today. And the sovereign of Israel gathered the prophets together, four hundred men, and said to them, Do we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or do I refrain? And they said, Go up, for Elohim has given it into the sovereign's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of Adonai here, so that we inquire of him? And the sovereign of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man to inquire of Adonai from him, but I hate him, because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is Mikayahu, the son of Yimlah, and Jehoshaphat said, Let not the sovereign say so. So the sovereign of Israel called one of his officers and said, Bring Mikiahu, the son of Imlah, at once. And the sovereign of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the sovereign of Yehuda, dressed in their robes, sat each on his throne. And they sat at a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Shomeron. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Sidkiyahu, son of Kenana, I knew I could say it, had made horns of iron for himself and said, Thus says Adonai, With these you push the Arameans until they are destroyed. And all the prophets were prophesying so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper, and Adonai shall give it into the hand of the sovereign. And the messenger who had gone to call Mikiahu uh, spoke to him, saying, See, the words of the prophets with one mouth are good towards the sovereign, so please let your word be like the word of one of them, and you shall speak good. And Mikiahu said, As Adonai lives, whatever my Elohim says, that I speak. And he came to the sovereign, and the sovereign said to him, Micha, do we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or do I refrain? And he said, Go and prosper, and they are given into your hand. And the sovereign said to him, 
how many times have I made you swear that you do not speak to me except the truth in the name of Adonai? So he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And Adonai said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the sovereign of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not say to you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? Then he said, Therefore, hear the word of Adonai. I saw Adonai sitting on his throne, and all the host of the heavens standing on his right and on his left. And Adonai said, Who shall entice Ahab, sovereign of Israel, to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilad? And one said this, and another said that, and a spirit came forward and stood before Adonai and said, Let me entice him. Adonai said to him, In what way? And he said, I shall go out and be a spirit of falsehood in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Entice him and also prevail. Go out and do so. And now see, Adonai has put a spirit of falsehood in the mouth of these prophets of yours. And Adonai has spoken evil concerning you. And Sidkiyahu, son of Kenana, came near and struck Michayahu on the cheek and said, What way did the spirit of Adonai pass over me to speak to you? And Michayahu said, Look, you shall see on the day when you go in an inner room to hide. And the sovereign of Israel said, Take Michayahu and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Yoash, the sovereign's son, and say, Thus said the sovereign, Put this one in prison, and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction, until I return in peace. And Michayahu said, If you return in peace, if you return at all in peace, Adonai has not spoken by me. And he said, Hear, all you people. Then the sovereign of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the sovereign of Yehuda, went up to Ramoth Gilad. And the sovereign of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Let me disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robes. And the sovereign of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. And the sovereign of Am Aram had commanded the commanders of the chariots who were with him, saying, Fight with no one, small or great, but only the sovereign of Israel. And it came to be, when the commanders of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, It is the sovereign of Israel. So they turned around to fight against him, and Jehoshaphat cried out, and Adonai helped him, and Elohim moved them to turn away from him. And it came to be, when the commanders of the chariots saw that it was not the sovereign of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a man drew a bow in his simplicity, and struck the sovereign of Israel between the joints of his armor. And he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. But the battle increased that day, and the sovereign of Israel was propped up in his chariot, facing the Arameans until evening, and he died at the going down of the sun. All right, I'm going to stop there because uh, it's the end of the chapter <laughs> and we'll go on and read more but um there is quite a bit here and um yeah try not to get uh too bogged down with things
Um, see what's going on in comment land. I see you watching on Twitch. I see you watching on YouTube. I see uh, you watching on Facebook too. And I see you all watching on uh, Periscope. But you're all pretty quiet out there. So be it. Uh, we shall proceed. All right. So, going back to the top here. So we read, and Jehoshaphat had great riches and esteem and allied himself with Ahav by marriage. So what we have here are we have the two kings of the divided kingdom, now kingdoms, you know, uh, under, under David, David and Solomon, uh, Shalomo, um, there was one kingdom. And then, as I mentioned, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, talking about Jews and Samaritans, how um, Solomon had gone astray and kind of crumbled in his latter years and was not real good with the people, uh, following after idols and like and being harsh on the people. And uh, so when his son uh, Rehoboam came to reign... Uh, he sought uh, the advice ultimately of his peers rather than his elders, uh, who told them to be even, who told him to be even more harsh um, on his subjects. And uh, meanwhile, there was uh, a bit of a um, what you, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> An opposition. There's another word I'm looking for. Anyway, um, guy named Jeroboam. Uh, no relation to Rehoboam, uh, but um, anyway, there was some folks sided with him. They didn't like what was going on with Solomon, let alone with uh, Rehoboam. Anyway, it ultimately it led to a split in the kingdom. Jeroboam became king over the northern ten tribes called Israel, and the southern kingdom uh, made up of two tribes, Judah, Yehuda, and, and Benjamin. Benjamin, uh, were the two tribes of the southern kingdom, ten tribes of the northern kingdom, Israel, Judah, and and there had been a succession of several kings, and um, on again, off again kind of relations, nothing really that lasting or tight, but here we have Jehoshaphat, who was the king of the southern kingdom, Whoops, it's not Jude. Come on, harp. It's Second Chronicles 18. Um, Jehoshaphat, king of the southern kingdom of Judah, um, and Ahav, um, the um, king of Israel, the northern kingdom. So Jehoshaphat had great riches and uh, esteem. Now, when you read, I'm trying not to go too far off on things, but it helps, it helps understand the story. Jehoshaphat started out really good. His, his father, uh, Asa, Asa was, was a genuine just jerk. Uh, but you know, the pendulum swung back the other way and, and Jehoshaphat was, uh, walked with the Lord. And the first part, of his reign and was 
and had the favor of God and uh, was seeking after God. But um, uh, much like happened to Solomon, uh, because he had favor with God, he had favor with people, and then he started to grow in, in fame and riches. And that uh, derailed him a bit and uh, no longer uh, really dependent uh, upon the Lord. And so when we read that uh, he had great riches and esteem, there we go, you know, you know, wealth and fame, basically. It says he allied himself with Ahav by marriage. No, he didn't. This wasn't a homosexual thing. He didn't marry. <laughs> the king of Israel didn't marry the king uh, of Judah, you know, vice versa. And it wasn't Jehoshaphat that married into Ahab's family. It was uh, Jehoshaphat's son, Jehoram, who married the daughter of Ahab, who was probably also the daughter of Jezebel. Uh, Jezebel. And, um, yeah, talk, well, <laughs> Ahab and Jezebel, you know, a, an unholy power couple, you know, had a daughter, and Jehoshaphat, not dependent upon the Lord, seeking um, to have an alliance with uh, the larger northern kingdom um, to, you know, for safety, to kind of more troops. Uh, uh, the daughter of Ahab and the son of Jehoshaphat married, and so now the, the father-in-laws, you know, have something in common, you know, their kids are married, and so um, they began to have a relationship, um, you know, as happens, you know, families, you know, the in-laws come together, get to know each other, and they have something in common, then children are married, and and so this, this unequally yoked uh, in terms of uh, Ahab, who was outright idol worshiper and and almost as wicked as his wife Jezebel but um, not a good guy and Jehoshaphat you know seeking an alliance and doing you know by marriage getting their children married together it it's off on the wrong foot um, and it, per, it it persists because verse 2 we read and some years later he went down to visit Ahav in, in Shomeron, or what we call Samaria, uh, which was the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. And so you see this great reception. Ahav slaughtered many sheep and cattle for him and the people with him. So, you know, Jehoshaphat had, he was there with an entourage, you know, pomp and circumstance, and, and incited him. It's a good translation. So, uh, Ahav... You know, not only was Jehoshaphat now have you know, um, you know, earthly material support in the kingdom of the north, um, Ahav, the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, uh, now sees an opportunity that his troops, his military power, is expanded by this alliance, and so it's like, hmm, and in. In 1 Kings chapter 22, we read that there were, I think, three years without any war with Syria or Aram, uh, more properly called, but translated Syria. 
and our modern translations, I think, help us see, um, you know, we can relate to it, but Aram was the ancient land. Anyway, so years have gone by without any uh, war between Yisrael and Aram, and and so Ahab thinking, wow, you know, now I've got this uh, alliance with the southern kingdom, you know, our kids are married, you know, and, and so I bet I can not just persuade, but incite um, the king of J Judah to, to join me in battle and go and uh, take this uh, this city that had been taken from us by Aram, Aramot Gilad. And, and the following verses say how he incited him. Um, so let's take a look. Verse 3, the sovereign of the king of Israel said, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, do you go with me against Ramad Gilead? And <laughs> things are out of order here, you know. Oh, I am as you are, and my people is your people, even with you in battle. Um, Jehoshaphat's ready to commit. Um, and then he has second thoughts, fortunately. Uh, but this should have come first. Jehoshaphat said to the sovereign Israel, please inquire for the word of Adonai today. Um, you know, too, too often, you know, we might have our plans and then, you know, I should pray about this. You know, now that I've got my foot in the door or I've spent my money on this or I've put in my application for this or, or I'm already seeking this, you know, um, let me seek the Lord's blessing on it rather, rather than seeking the Lord first and where he might be leading. Um, hey James, welcome out there on Periscope. Um, uh, y'all are quiet on Facebook and on YouTube, but, and Twitch, but hey y'all. Um, so you know, the, the, the total wrong approach um, to, hey, my people is your people, we're even to battle, you know, just, just kind of saying my army is your army, you know, whatever. You know, we're, we're tight now that, uh, you know, our kids have been married for a few years and, uh, yeah, we're in this. You know, this is, you know, inquire of, of the word of the Lord today. You know, might as well, you know, before I get too far into this, maybe I should check this out. Rather than starting, you know, when when Ahab said to Yoshifat, hey, you're going to go up with me against Ramon Gilad? He should have said, mm, let me, you know, let's inquire the Lord. What does the Lord have to say about it? But he's first, hey, I'm, a sh hey, we're in this together all the way, buddy. We're tight. Hey, you mind inquiring, of the, you know, for the word of the Lord? Today, verse 5, And the sovereign Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, Do we go against Ramoth Gilad to, to battle or do our refrain? They said, Go up, uh, for Elohim does not give it, for Elohim does give it into the sovereign's hand. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of Adonai here so that we may inquire of him? you know, be it the press secretary or whomever, you know, the politicians always have their yes men around. And, you know, go through the motions who aren't 
who aren't really objective people. These prophets were just uh, 400 yes men. Um, they weren't really, you know, prophets of the Lord and you know, just had a, a form of godliness. They had, you know, uh, had the office of prophets. After all, a king should have his prophets. And because, um, hey, Jehoshaphat here, this king of the south, he wants to, you know, he wants a, he wants to inquire the Lord. So, okay, we, you know, put on this show. I'll get my prophets who say whatever I want them to say. And, uh, you know, 400 of them, they come up, you know, and the choir of them together says, go up, you know, um, go up for God gives it into your hand. Uh, Jehoshaphat, give him, give him kudos for this. He's, he's slowly starting to, uh, you know, reconnect with spiritual obligations and, and relations, uh, with the Lord, even though he's been, uh, he's been backsliding major, uh, now that he's committed himself in word to war, he's like, uh, maybe, can we inquire the Lord today? And then so, you know, uh, Ahab gets his 400 yes men and they come and, yeah, do it. God's in it. Go for it. And, <laughs> He, Jehoshaphat has enough spiritual discernment left, fortunately, the, to realize that these are just 400 yes men. They're, they're not really prophets of the Lord. And so he, so he asks, is there not still a prophet of Adonai here so that we may inquire of him? You know, I'm, I know you're just into formalities, King of Israel, that uh, you've got your yes men and, you know, you've got, you know, it's a formality. Uh, yes, when when I when I'm looking for backing, I gather my 400 prophets who will say whatever I want them to say, and but hey, hey, the prophet said it must be good, you know. And politicians around the world, sovereigns around the world, will will gather their their cabinets, you know, their their um. You know, they're whatever you call them. You know, they're they're associates, they're trusted people, who, um, if they're worth their salt, will actually give advice. But um, so often they're just folks that'll uh, that are that are yes men and women that'll just um, you know uh, I need you know the, the prime minister, the president, the king, whoever will say, well, I need some backing on this position. You know, I need. <laughs> I need some science behind this, you know, I'll get my scientists that'll say what I want them to say, you know, or I want, you know, uh, you know, the economists or whoever, you know, to back up this thing. And so they have their right hand people, left hand people, they'll just gather together to, um, you know, give support, uh, to their declaration, their assertion. See, they're saying it too. They're saying it, and anyway, but Jehoshaphat sees through it. He says, hey, "Is there not still a prophet of Adonai here that we may inquire of him, a real prophet?" And and 
And I do appreciate uh, Ahab's honesty. Verse 7, the sovereign of Israel, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man to inquire about an eye from him, but I hate him. Because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is Mikayehu, the son of Yimla. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the sovereign say so. Um, it's like, you know, there's a guy. There's a guy who can be trusted. I've got my 400 yes men, but there's one There's one guy still that I, that I know. Uh, hears from the Lord and will speak. Uh, from the Lord, but you know, I hate him because he never prophesies good about me, but always evil. King, get a clue, okay? If if you know the man to be a, a true prophet of God who speaks the word of God in truth, and the things he prophesies or says to you are never good you're probably not on the side of God, you think? And um, I hate him, you know? I, I think of John chapter 3, uh, when when the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, you know, said that, um, you know, men love the darkness rather than light, and they do not come to the light uh, lest their deeds be exposed, you know, lest their evil deeds be exposed. And so... You know, they hate the light. Why? Because it exposes their darkness. Um, and nothing new under the sun. Here is an evil king, and whenever the truth comes, uh, the truth of the Lord, the Lord is truth, uh, comes, he's, he doesn't like it, he hates it, because it exposes his evil deeds. And, of course, Joseph has his... I don't say such things that, you know, the, pro the prophet of the Lord always speaks evil. Um, you know, don't see you hate him, and you know, the, you might you might benefit. I kind of hear Yehoshaphat thinking, you know, you're on, you're in a bad place, Ahab. If you if you say you know you hate hate the light, you hate the prophet, don't want anything to do with him, don't want to hear the word of the Lord, you're in, you're in a dangerous position, you know, um, at least, you know, let's hear the guy, so, you know, you can have, have the, at least know what the truth is, whether or not you choose to accept it. So... <clears throat> The fact that Jehoshaphat is coming to the side of Mikhayehu, who, who who's never met, I suspect, otherwise he would have asked for him by name. He says, is there still a prophet of the Lord that we might inquire him? Yeah, there's one guy, I hate him, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, don't, don't let the king say, don't talk like that. So, Ahab, probably sensing that this deal may go south, the this alliance to go up against Ramot Gilad and, you know, with the forces of Yehuda as well, uh, with the combined armies going up to take this city, seeing that things are starting to go south, he figures, well, I better, I better appease uh, Jehoshaphat, uh, the king of Yehuda. Verse 8, so the sovereign of Israel called one of his officers and said, Bring Mika, Mikahu, 
I don't know if that's a misprint or he, I should have brought up the Hebrew, or whether he's kind of catenating his name in a in a sort of uh, derogatory sense. Uh, bring Mikahu, the son of Yimla, at once. So it's like, gosh, at once. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny. Yoshifat was crying, hey, isn't there a prophet of the Lord that we, you know, can we seek, even before that, he says, hey, you know, can we seek the, the word of the Lord today? And it's gone from today at once. Ahab is like, this thing's going south. Go, go fetch this guy at once. You know, I'm, I thought I had the, you know, I felt like I had this alliance going here. I thought I had my hand and it's slipping out of my fingers at once. Let's, let's fix this thing before it has too long to think about it. So verse 9, the sovereign of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the sovereign of Yehuda, dressed in their robes, each sat, you know, sat each on his throne. And they sat at a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Jomeron. So they're at the entrance of the gate. You know, the gate is like the foremost place of a city where the elders sit, the leaders of a city. And Shomeron or Samaria is the capital of uh, the northern kingdom of Israel. And all the prophets were prophesying before them. So they're more encouraging than I'm I'm sure more of the you know yes man do it do it go up okay uh verse 10 and Sidkiyahu the son of Kenana uh, had made horns of iron for himself and said thus said Adonai okay stop time out if you're gonna be a false prophet one thing if you, i mean if you're not interested in what the lord says what the truth is you just want to be a yes man uh to your leader okay that's one thing but to come along and say thus said the lord when you know full well that's not the case that is a dangerous place and uh, again we could go off in, in the law of moses and see where um and several other places, you know, from taking the name of the Lord in vain, that's what it is, that doesn't mean just cursing, that means using his name not in power, to use it flippantly, uh, and and thus said the Lord, that's not so, and also a prophet who says thus says the Lord and it doesn't come to pass is a false prophet, and should be stoned, and... and not with not with marijuana or anything, but with rocks, killed with stones. Anyway, so thus said the Lord, thus said Adonai, with these you push the Arameans until they are destroyed. It's It's gone from just saying yes, you know, to, you know, here's a prop, here's these iron horns, and you know, it's a symbol of your strength, and, you know, that's that's the thing when when you don't have the truth on your side, you got to prop up the falsehood with props and um and then we prop that prop that's from theater and film that's short for property and property belonging to the characters um it it's not like prop up um but it's interesting that yeah they can prop up falsehood with props um anyway i digress so 
Yeah. So what were all the prophets prophesying? All the prophets were prophesying. Say so. Go up against Ramot, Ramot Gilad and prosper. And the Lord shall give it into the hand of the sovereign. Yeah, we got we've got all the fanfare, everything, and we got the we've got the props, we got the iron horns, and rah rah rah, go, you're gonna do it. Now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, you no, know, on the side, the messenger, remember, uh, Ahab had sent called one of his officials and says, "Hey, go send and go get." Mikhayahu. And um, so when the messenger who had gone to call Mikhayahu spoke to him, saying, See, the words of the prophets with one mouth are good towards the sovereign. Well, they're not really good. Um, they're falsehoods, but it's it's telling the king what he wants to hear. So it's good in that sense. You know, maybe you should say maybe favorable or or appealing, or gratifying. But all the words of prophets, one mouth, they're good towards the sovereign. So please, let your word be like the word of one of them, and you shall speak good. It's like, Mikhehu, you've got this, you've got this reputation for telling the truth. And, um, but listen, I don't know what you're going to say, but just a heads up, you know, tell me for your own good. There's 400 prophets out there. They're saying, go up, you know, go up and take the city or I'm And, you know, they're speaking well, uh, they're speaking, they're saying what the king wants to hear and, and don't screw this up. Just, just let your word be like one of them. Uh, just just go along don't you know no no need to be a hero or anything just this is what's going on i mean what's both kings they're allied you know just and there's 400 saying this saying go take the city i mean we can be done this afternoon go with me say yeah 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 and, and you're done and don't mess this up just just go with the flow Verse 13, and Mikhayehu said, as Adonai lives, whatever my Elohim says, that I speak. Whatever God says, that's what I'm going to say. And he came to the sovereign, came to the king of Israel, and the sovereign said to him, Mika, do we go against Ramad Gilad to battle, or do I refrain? And he said, go and prosper, they are given into your hand. And the sovereign said to him, How many times have I made you swear that you speak, do not speak to me except the truth in the name of the Lord? So, of course, we don't have inflection or anything here uh, in the language. Maybe it is. I'm, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm not really, well, barely a student of Hebrew. But I imagine, um, you know... Just as Jehoshaphat could tell that the 400 prophets weren't prophets of the Lord, that they were yes men, uh, Ahab, in his wickedness, can tell that um, Mikhayehu isn't telling the truth. 
and and I don't know if it, how we said it. It was like maybe like go and prosper, you know, maybe a big grin on his face or or just you know sort of a exasperated go and prosper, blah blah blah. So I'm gonna say and. And um, and maybe he thought that Jehoshaphat also would see his insincerity, and so doesn't want this deal to lose this deal. That's uh, part of this alliance. And so he says, "Hey, how many times have made you swear? Do not speak to me except the truth." And he does all the time, and he hates him, you know. So. Interesting dynamic here. Ahab hates the truth, hates the word of the Lord, but when the when whenever the prophet, probably not very often, the true prophet, Mikhaehu, is spoken to him, he wants to hear the truth. Even though he hates it. So maybe there's you know, something in him still. That eternity in his heart. Of that void in his life that longed for connection with God was still reaching out in some way. So Michayehu tells him the truth. He says, So he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. Okay, it's, it's not, you know, we're talking about going to war here. So all Israel, all the soldiers of Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd i.e. the king is gone. And Adonai said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the sovereign of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not say to you that he would not prophesy God concerning me but evil? You know, told you so. This is why I didn't want to bring him. But yeah, you insisted. And, and now this is what we get. You know. Then he said, and this would be Mikhayehu, he says, Therefore hear the word of Adonai. I saw Adonai sitting on his throne and all the host of the heavens, standing on his right and on his left. And Adonai said, Who will entice Ahab, sovereign of Israel, to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilan? And one said this, another said that, and a spirit came forward and stood before Adonai and said, Let me entice him. Adonai said to him, What way? And he said, I'll go out, be a spirit of falsehood in the mouth of his, all his prophets. And he said, Entice him and also prevail. Uh, go out and do so. And now see, Adonai has put his spirit of falsehood in the mouth of these prophets of yours, and Adonai has spoken evil concerning you. Now, we get a little glimpse through Michaehu into the heavenlies, much like we read in the book of Job, Job, where um, um, Satan, Hasatan, the adversary, uh, an evil spirit being, the master of them, uh, comes and appears before God, sovereign God, king of the universe, maker of heaven and earth, um, and God, knowing what's going on, God is omniscient. He knows all things. He even knows what's, what's on the mind of the adversary, Hasatan, Satan. He says, if you 
Have you considered my servant Job? Ideas, have you been considering my servant Job? I know you have. He called it out. And, and you know, Satan's, uh, well, yeah, but he only serves you because you bless him, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to go through the book of Job, but hopefully you have a cursory knowledge of it at least. And a similar thing here. Um, God, I don't know, has a plan. Um, but God, as you read in James, is not tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Um, but he he needs his purpose for Ahab, the king of Israel, to die. Uh, he's going down. And so, he's like, and it's going to be in this battle. And so, there's spirits on the left and the right. Um, I, there's angels and fallen angels. And since this one a spirit comes and says, I'll be a spirit of falsehood, you know, I'll, I'll speak falsehood, you know, in the, I'll be falsehood in the mouth of his prophets. That tells me that's, that's not a non-fallen angel. You know, it's not an angel of the Lord. It's, it's, uh, it's a demon. It's a fallen angel. And who have access, um, or at least had access, we're not going to get into demonology, um, at least this time, again, we look at Job and some other things, where, and they still are in the heavenlies, um, we can look at 1 Corinthians and other passages and Ephesians and blah, 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 that there are these um, hosts of wickedness, these demons, these fallen angels, who operate in heavenly realms and spiritual realms. And um, and here one comes forward, you know, wanting to, hey, you want you want to hob out? You want to take him out? I'll gladly do it. I like killing humans. I like I like killing and stealing and destroying uh, humanity. And so anyway, and um the who appears to be the head prophet of the yes men of the false prophets uh Sidkiahu, the son of Kenana, the one who brought forth the uh who made the horns of iron that made the prop uh to for the you know for the pep rally uh obviously he didn't like being um, told that he was influenced by Satan. Um, and Sidkiahu, the son of Canaan, came near and struck Mikayehu on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit pass over from me to speak to you? <laughs> Gosh, reminds me of, reminds me of kids in the playground. That's what you are, what am I? That's what you are, what am I? You know, um... Well, which way did the spirit pass over from me to speak to you? Well, obviously, okay. Uh, so what? Let's say there is an evil spirit who, you know, came forth to, put a, to be, you know, falsehood in the mouth of the prophets. Well, obviously, you're the one speaking falsehood. The 400 of us are all saying the same thing. We're saying, go up, take the city. And you're the one saying that um, it's going to end disaster. Obviously, you're the one. 
speaking falsehood. You know, that's what you are. What am I? And, you know, where did the spirit go? And <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll tell you. Verse 24, and Mikhayehu said, look, look, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner room to hide. You want to know which way the, you want to know where the evil spirit went? Well, when things are going down, you'll find, and I'm thinking, my mind goes to Revelation where, where the judgment of the Lord appears, coinciding with the everlasting gospel being proclaimed by an angel in the sky, uh, judgment coming down and people still refuse to turn. And, you know, the word tells us they'll go in the mountains and the caves and, you know, cry to the rocks to fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the, of the lamb. That even when they're given an opportunity to repent and, and to receive the Lord and the gospel is proclaimed, they want to hide from his face just like, Ahab wanted to not hear from the prophet, just like those in John chapter 3, whose deeds were evil, hate the light and don't come to the light, lest their evil deeds be exposed. Um, you want to know, false prophet, where that evil spirit went? Well, you'll find out the day that you go into an inner room to hide, because you, along with the demons, will be judged. And... Um, Anyway, so not only is is the king of Israel Ahav not not impressed, doesn't like what uh, Mikhayehu had to say. Um, verse twenty five. Then the sovereign of Israel said, "Take Mikhayehu and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Yoash, the sovereign's son." And say, thus said the sovereign, put this one in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I return in peace. Talk about denial here. When Mikhayehu was ready to go along with all the other prophets, go, go, you know, God will deliver. Ahab says, swear to me you'll tell the truth. He tells the truth, and the truth is, you know, the all Israel scattered, they have no shepherd, they've lost their master, and yet he says, you know, shut him up in prison until I return in peace. Did he not hear what the Lord said, that he was going down? And so uh, Mikhiahu, uh restates it, you know, reinforces it, he says, if you return it all in peace, Adonai is not spoken by me. Hear, all you people. This isn't just for king. You, you king of Israel, Ahav. Everybody in earshot. Watch what happens. This is what the Lord says when things happen as they said, you know, as the Lord said they would, then you'll know it's the truth. And the scriptures, you know, are filled with prophecies. Many have been fulfilled uh, that, you know, against all odds, that uh, people are, um, you know, people who refuse to see his prophecies, oh, this was written after the fact, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
even though there is evidence quite to the contrary that the prophecies precede precede the uh, world events by centuries um, you know they just won't they just won't hear it but Mikhayehu is speaking to all the people hey there's a prophecy watch what happens you'll know it's the Lord and this is for your instruction uh, even though it was a prophecy concerning the king of Israel and about this battle know that when the Lord speaks you'd better heed it hear all you people pay attention um, prophecies aren't just for to be neat oh look that was filled in world history there to show us that God is reliable his his promises are yes and amen so the prophecies that haven't been fulfilled they're going to be fulfilled if the ones in the past have been then we need to take note that God speaks the truth and what he says comes to pass anyway I can't believe it's almost the top of the hour and seeing I try not to go down too many um, side trails on this but uh, let's kind of sum it up so I'm, I'm surprised the deal still stands that after you know the prophet the one true prophet um, in the area anyway that Jehoshaphat was defending he gets set off to prison after telling the truth and Jehoshaphat's still willing to go into this deal um, you know what sin makes you stupid that's what the late John Wimber used to say and and he's he's full-on right because as we, as we read earlier the king of Israel Ahab tells Joseph you know I'm gonna disguise myself and go into battle but you put on your robes you look all kingly I'm not gonna you know you get the glory you get the honor you be the like okay you know, Shaphat does it. And, of course, it tells us that the, the king of Aram had commanded the commanders of his chariots, his armies, to say, hey, don't fight with anyone small and great, but only the king of Israel. Go after him. Smart man, because he knows that when the leadership is gone, things fall apart. Um, there always needs to be a leader. Uh, and so their orders were, the orders to his commanders, Aram... Uh, the the king of Aram had told his uh, commanders, hey, just go after the king of Israel. Be done with it. He may not have known. I don't know about that. He may have known about the alliance between the two kingdoms of Yehud and Yisrael because of the marriage of the, the kids, but probably not privy that, you know, this would have been the first time that the armies were fighting together. So... Anyway, he may have thought he's just going up against the Israeli or the army of Israel and not the combined forces of Israel and Yehuda. Anyway, so they've got these command, this you know, this command to hey, just take out the king. So they go in, and here's Ahav. He's he's in disguise. Uh, Jehoshaphat and all his robes. Look, hey, look, the king of Israel. Uh, they go after him, and Jehoshaphat. Finally, instead of just inquiring for the word of the Lord, he cries out to the Lord. He cries out to the Lord. And God helped him. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what state we're in, how bad we 
you know, how far we backslidden, you know, how far off the straight and narrow we've gotten, no matter how low we've gotten, what situation we've got ourselves in, we cry out to the Lord, who he who cries upon the name of the Lord will be saved, the scripture tells us. That, um, just like the prodigal son and Luke and, and, and gosh, and so many other, anyway, uh, we just see that, that God turns towards those who turn toward him. Uh, no matter where they are, what your station is in life, if you sincerely call out to him in humility and say, God help, he hears and he helps. So God moved them away to turn away from them. And so, and he... The, the commanders of the chariots saw that it wasn't the king of Israel. Maybe they, I don't know if they had a poster of him up in the barracks or in the locker room, but hey, this this isn't him. Uh, or the Lord just opened their eyes to see it wasn't. And verse 33, a man drew a bow in his simplicity. The idea is at random, that he wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, a sniper's kind of precision. It was just like, okay, this, whatever, make myself look busy in battle. And so he just shoots an arrow off. You know, better look busy in this battle. And where does that arrow land? It struck the sovereign of Israel between the joints of his armor. Um... I mean, so this this arrow shot at random not only finds its way to the king of Israel who was in disguise, but between the joints of his armor. Uh, so I don't know, you know, where that was and a breastplate or whatever, but rather <laughs> hitting the armor, it finds its way in between the armor, like that, uh, like the word of God that's sharper than to any two-edged sword that pierces asunder. Uh, joints and marrow, soul and spirits, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That precision piercing, uh, that kind of sharpness. Um, the arrow finds its way between the joints of armor. And uh, basically, not basically, it takes... Um, Ahav out, uh, eventually kills him. He's propped up in his chariot till evening, and he died at the time of the going down the sun. So, uh, blood to death, um, internally, externally, I don't know. But uh, that was his demise, and it just goes to show the Lord said that he was going down, um, and, and, it and it so happened. Uh, even a narrow shot at random uh, God's purposes cannot be withheld from him, even even if it wasn't a direct assault uh, from soldiers. This, is a, this arrow shot at random uh, ends up taking him out. And as someone dared to say, no to these kings off with their heads. Yeah, says uh, Macho, uh, Natasha, sorry. Yeah, and so... Coming all the way back to the title of this episode, Standing Boldly Alone, uh, when you 
Mikhayehu wasn't standing alone. He was standing with God. And you plus God is a majority. Um, because even though it was 400 prophets saying what the king of Israel wanted to hear, um, influenced by an evil spirit, um, their end was not good. The king, the king ended up dying by a random arrow. And as uh, Mikhayehu told uh, Sidkiyahu, says, you know, where did the evil spirit go? You'll find out when you go into, uh, you know, in your room, in a room to hide. And, you know, basically when the day of judgment comes, you'll know, um, you'll be experiencing the judgment of, of evil spirits. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, I was thinking about that, that, you know, fast forward to the last book of Bible revelation, we find that, um, those who did not receive, uh, the gift of eternal life in Messiah, in Yeshua, in Christ Jesus, that they are left to stand on their own at judgment their deeds speak for themselves they don't they don't have a savior they don't have an advocate and so they're left standing for themselves and judged by uh, their own works their works uh, declare their guilt and they're thrown into the lake of fire and as uh, uh, Yeshua Jesus uh, told us the, the lake of fire was uh, prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't made for mankind, but those who reject the free gift of eternal life, that's the only place for them because the rest is, you know, being inherited as uh, for those who are heirs of the kingdom of God. And and so I think about this when Mikhayehu says the, to the false prophet, that you'll know where that evil spirit went when you go in your, uh, you, when you go in a room to hide, um, mankind and demons, uh, will share a similar fate in, in the lake of fire. Even though the lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels, that's where, uh, unrepentant, uh, humanity, uh, will end up as well. And that's a sobering thought. So, Mikhayehu, did he um, stand alone? No, he stood, he stood with God, and uh, we don't know the outcome since, uh, since Ahav never returned in peace, and that was a condition, you know, to feed him with the bread of affliction and water of affliction. And we could talk about bread of affliction and Passover and the body of Yeshua. That uh, could lead us down a whole other thing. Um... Uh, but uh, anyway, we don't know his whereabouts. That order was given. King Ahab said, "You know, feed him, put him in prison until I return in peace." He never returned in peace, so um, we don't know what happened to him from the text. But I'm sure his end was better than that of the king, better than the false prophets, uh, etc. And praise God that we have this example of him to. To stand boldly uh, alone against against the world, uh, not the entire world, but you know the worldly, uh, fleshly, selfish, sinful 
kingdom of Israel, the king, even though it could have been his head, it was prison, uh, but still, it, whatever end it was, it was better than those um, those on the other side. So, um, it's past the hour now, and I can't believe I've gone this long. Just think if I'd uh, gone off on all these historical tangents about uh, uh, Atalia, the son of, uh, son, the daughter of Ahab, and probably Jezebel, and Yehoram, and them, and her, yeah, go read about them, read about them, in uh, books of Kings and Chronicles, um, especially First Kings, where you'll find uh, Yehoram and uh, Atalia. Um, yeah, yeah, they don't end well either. Um, let me pray for you. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace. Uh, Lord, may we learn to be bold and to stand up and go with you, uh, because when we are on your side, Lord, we are in the majority. Um, our story ends well. Our story ends with eternal life where we will reign. Not have death and sin reigning over us, but we shall reign with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, in the kingdom to come. Lord, and uh, you, Lord, will grant us uh, favor and abundant life just not only in the future but now walking with you stand with you with you we have that peace that passes understanding not as the world gives but uh, lasting uh, enduring peace uh, that abides inside when Messiah abides with us um, irrespective uh, independent of the circumstances around us. I pray for these, uh, the hearers of your word, that they would also be doers of your word. We thank you, we praise you, we commit our coming week to you, uh, to use as you will for our good and your glory. We ask in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, all y'all, thanks for being with me, and um, good night, good bless, God bless, goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.